This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hey, cat lovers. Welcome to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat. I'm your host, Dr. Katherine Prim, and I'm a small animal veterinarian and cat lover, and I'm owned by a pet cat named Scamper. He makes me laugh every day. Today, I have a very fascinating topic to discuss with you and an extra special guest to discuss it with, Dr. Leslie Lyons is a, well, I'll let her tell you all about what she does, but we're going to talk about the feline genome, the genetics that make your cat your cat. And we'll be right back after these messages. You know what I love? I love my cat. My cat, Scamper, has discriminating taste. He doesn't like just anybody. So when he acts like he loves me, it makes me feel good, like, like somehow I made the cut. But you know what I don't love? cleaning up Scamper's litter box, which is why Arm & Hammer created new cloud control litter. There's no cloud of nasties when I scoop. It's 100% dust-free, free from heavy perfumes, and it helps reduce airborne dander when I scoop. So what happens in the litter stays in the litter. New cloud control cat litter by Arm & Hammer. More power to ya. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio. Today I have with me Dr. Leslie Lyons. Welcome, Dr. Lyons. Hi, Dr. Prim. How are you doing? It's uh, wonderful to be with you today. Well, I'm really excited to have you because I'm so fascinated by your work. And I want you to tell us everything about it because I've been reading lots of things about you and and I'm so excited to get, I don't know, some inside information on what makes our cat, our cat and the feline genome and genetics. First, I want to establish, though, for my listeners, a little bit about you and what you do. Yes, I'm a, a professor at the University of Missouri in the College of Veterinary Medicine. So my primary role is to do research And my specialty is genetics, and I primarily focus on domestic cats. So really what I hope to do is eradicate all different types of inherited diseases that are not wanted in cats, but also to find some of the genetic causes of some of our interesting traits like curled ears and funny tails and long hair and different colors so that people interested in breeding cats can do that more efficiently and then produce less unwanted cats and be very efficient with their breeding program so that every cat they produce is a highly desired cat. So I think that that is amazing and I admire that so much. So let's talk a little bit about the genetics of the cat. What is a cat's genome? Well, a cat's genome, anyone's genome, consists of all the DNA that makes up their coding DNA and the DNA makes the proteins, which makes an individual who they are. And so all mammals have about the same size of genomes, meaning the same length of DNA, but that DNA can be broken into slightly smaller lengths and that's called chromosomes. 
So cats have 38 chromosomes, where humans have 46, but overall they have about the same amount of DNA. And the difference, the real difference between the cats is cats and humans, let's say, is not the number of chromosomes, but the actual difference between how the coding sequence of the DNA reads. And DNA is made up of four different bases that are called, so it's four different chemicals that hook together to make a big, long DNA string. And those four different chemicals, depending on what order they are, make a cat different than from what a human would be. So really, it's all about their genes and how their genes are just slightly different from humans. And really, we share 80% of our genes with humans. So we're quite similar because we're all mammals, but just how those genes get turned on and turned off and tweaked in little ways makes a cat a cat and different from humans. Well, I think it's extremely fascinating that Little tweaks in four base pairs tell our cells who we are and and the traits we're going to have and and even some of the diseases that we're going to have. So I think that that is fascinating. So how long have we known the exact feline genome? Well, no one really knows the exact sequence for a genome, even in humans. And they've had the Human Genome Project for a couple decades now. And that's because there's many tricky parts in that genome that we can't quite read properly. But just of last year, December 2018, or 2017 actually, we came out with what's called a new genome assembly for the cat. And during that year, we were the best genome there was for any species other than humans and mice. They have quite a lot of research on their genomes. Uh, So the cat is really at the top. We have a very well organized genome. So that means we know how it's put together and how the genes relate to one another in their order and distance on the chromosomes. And so we, we have a very good cat genome assembly and that makes hunting for diseases and hunting for traits so, so much easier. There's still a lot of work to be done. It's not perfect, but it's actually quite a good cat genome. So I want to get more deeply into what you know and what you've learned from this project, but I want to take a quick break. So we'll be right back after these messages. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio. 
And today we're continuing to talk about feline genetics and the feline genome. Dr. Leslie Lyons is here with us today, and I would like to talk a little bit more about maybe some specific diseases Mm -hmm. that you have looked into as you have done your study of the cat genetic tree or the cat genome, rather. Yes, yes. So we've actually had quite a fascinating time looking at various different diseases. So what we have to understand is the same diseases because the genes are very similar between humans and mice and cats and dogs. We all actually get the same diseases. So there's many different health problems that are found in humans that are also found in cats. One of the most important ones in domestic cats is polycystic kidney disease. This was identified in Persian cats. And, you know, when many of our cats get old to be about 14, 15 years old, commonly they die of renal failure. Well, that's that's a common thing for cats. And when cats get old, that's what does them in. But with Persian cats, we found that some of these cats were having renal failure at the age of three or four. And that led investigators to discover that they had a disease called polycystic kidney disease. And then in 2004, my team was able to find the DNA mutation for that. Now that there's a DNA mutation, we can actually test a kitten as soon as it's born. And we will know even before the cysts develop in the cat's kidneys, we will know whether it has that disease or not. So that means we can actually choose cats to breed together that won't transmit the disease and we'll never have cats with polycystic kidney disease again. So over the years, the frequency of polycystic kidney disease has drastically decreased in our Persian cat breeds. And so that's what we hope to do is to find DNA mutations that cause disease, turn them into a genetic test, and then slowly eradicate those from the fancy cat breed. But Cats get lots of things. They have cardiac disease, they get diabetes, they get asthma, all kinds of things that humans get as well. So we hope to find these mutations in cats. And sometimes the cats will help us understand the disease better in humans and even help us figure out if a treatment would actually be good for humans as well. That is so amazing because the things that you're talking about are things that I see in my cat patients. So so that's very encouraging that your work is uncovering information about that for us because I want it. I want all the information that I can get. So another thing that genetics, feline genetics brings to mind is cloning. Can you talk a little bit about cat cloning? Yes, with cat cloning, our lab actually was a laboratory that proved that many of the early cats were true clones. And so these were research projects that we were not involved with at the beginning. But in the end, they had to actually prove their clone was a clone. And since we knew all the genetics to do that, that's how we got involved. So with CC, the first clone cat that came out of Dr. West Houston's group in uh, Texas A&M, we proved that cat was a clone. But also at the time, we realized, well, we don't understand everything about cloning because CC, the donor for CC is a calico cat. So it should be black, orange, and white. Well, when CC was born, she didn't have any orange. And so we discovered that the X inactivation process did not get reestablished during the cloning process. So that's led to a whole new field of research 
involved with cloning and understanding just developmental processes. So you never know what you're going to find out, but all the cat clones are actually generally very healthy. And I don't know if people are still producing cat clones, but it can be done. And it's been very fascinating work. That is pretty amazing. Because of your work, you were able to prove that CC, that's CC for carbon copy, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, copy. you were able to prove that she was truly what, what they thought she was. Exactly. And then, then we did the same thing for the Acres group in New Orleans and their cat. It was a wild cat and it was called Ditto but spelled the French way. And so it's it's been very fascinating. But still, people have to remember that each kitten born, even if it's a clone, it's going to undergo a different environment. You can't recapture the environment that the original cat had. So the personality might be completely different. And if the cat has white spotting or something like that, it might be a little bit different on the clone cat. So you can't really resurrect uh, cat that you've lost by cloning. I have clients ask me about this a lot and that's kind of what I tell them and none of them have elected to pursue that because of my answer is, you know, there is so much nurture versus nature. We don't really know. We can start with the same map, but we might end up in a slightly different place. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Our our nurture is very, very important uh, to humans and to our pets. And it's that absolutely is an important part of interacting with our body and our physiology and, you know, how we grow and form and also just what kind of maladies we'll have as well. And the nutrition that we get and the things that we see and learn and how we're socialized, it's pretty complex, but still very fascinating. So with your work with the feline sequencing and, and the, the genome, have you uncovered any information about where our domestic cats came from? Yes, actually, uh, we've done that through various different projects, and so have others that have done similar work as well. So we do know that cats came from a species that's actually called Felis sylvestris, and there's different subspecies. So there's Felis sylvestris sylvestris and Felis sylvestris libica, and we think the libica is the North African species, subspecies, and we think that most domestic cats actually descended from that group of cats. But it's very hard to delineate different subspecies and where they are in the world. So we're not completely sure of every subspecies that might be involved. And for example, there's European wildcats, an actual wildcat that is indigenous to Europe. It goes from, from Iberia, from Portugal, all the way through the Caucasus. And these cats, however, don't seem like they're the progenitor of the domestic cat. However, they all interbreed. So that makes our story very difficult to tease apart because we see some domestic cat, what's called introgression, into our European wildcats and our African wildcats as well. So um, we think domestication has occurred in the Near East, in the area of Turkey and Egypt and, and Syria and that area. There could be a second domestication event in the Far East because the genetics of the Far East cats are very, very different. 
So the genetics of a Persian, which comes from Europe, is very different from the genetics of a Siamese that comes from Thailand. And also through our genetic work, we've been able to find that eh, there's about 10 different subgroups or populations, or I sometimes I use the word race of cats that are genetically different. So Northern European cats are different from Western European. They're different from the Mediterranean. They're different from the Far East. So uh, we can actually tell the genetic signals and where some cats might come from by their ancestry. So we can, we can do ancestry projects for cats. Well, that's why I was asking because on TV now they're talking about, you know, 23andMe or finding out where your family came from. So if I sent you the sample that you needed to test from my domestic short hair, my scamper sitting here, and someone else sent you an, a Siamese, just a very different cat, how different would their genomes be? Well, still, even like within humans. So, you know, we, we have to remember that we are so, so genetically similar that it's very hard to differentiate between human populations who are really all one and the same. But with enough genetic markers, we can tell someone's origins. And so the same is with a cat. So within humans and within cats, the difference is going to be 0.001%, some small difference such as that, but we can tell there is there is a difference. So if you have enough genetic markers, uh, you can tell a cat's origins and a human's origins. However, so with your cat scamper, who is probably a Western European descendant, because what we have to remember is there was no cats in North America. They came with the pilgrims and the different settlers, and so we can actually see where they came from. And so your cat will probably be from Western Europe and a Siamese is going to be as genetically different as cats can be. But still, that's a very, very small percentage, just like you see in human populations as well. Well, and I certainly see breed associated traits that I think are related to their breed, like their personalities and things that we couldn't maybe nail down to the genome. But I love that you're working on these diseases and things. now. You've done a little bit of work with, I think, the sand cat. Is that correct? Yeah, we, we did a little bit of uh, attempted to do some work with the sand cat for cloning, but you might be interested in the black-footed cat. We did some genetics where we actually compared their genomes to the domestic cat, and we were able to find an inherited blindness in the black-footed cat. So that's a different species of cat. It's about the same size as a domestic cat, maybe on the smaller side. But boy, it's it's a uh, it's a real wild cat. It's not tameable. So uh, you want to be careful with these guys. But because we found the mutation that causes an inherited blindness, we will now use that as a genetic test for their species survival plan. And so all the zoos now will test their black-footed cats so that we don't accidentally breed two cats together that will cause a blind cat. So the black-footed cat, is that an endangered species or a threatened? Yes, yes. Most all, most all, other than maybe specific subpopulations, most all felids, all 36, 37 different species of those, uh, other than a domestic cat, are endangered or threatened. Wow, that is a fascinating use for your research as well. Well, I am so fascinated and I so am so grateful for you to join us today and teach everyone about your work 
on feline genetics and the feline genome. Can you tell my listeners how they might be able to find out more if they want to learn a little bit more about cat genetics? Yes, absolutely. There's many fascinating, I know, web pages out there, but our lab's web page is feline genome at missouri.edu. And we have a specific project that all veterinarians and owners might be interested in, and that's called the 99 Lives Project. And that's where you can have your cat's genome completely sequenced and healthy cats are just as important to have in the project as unhealthy cats because the healthy cats tell us the DNA mutations that are good. So forget about that one. If you're looking at a sick cat, this is a good mutation. So just ignore that one. So it's it's good to have normal cats in the project. And this project is designed to do precision medicine for cats. So if a cat comes into your clinic and you suspect, hey, I think this could be a genetic problem, we could actually get blood from that cat, perform a whole genome sequence, and hopefully find the cause for that cat's ailment. And what we want to do is be able to do it fast enough that maybe there'll be a good targeted treatment that is appropriate for that disease or health concern that you now as the veterinarian can apply and help do precision medicine for that cat. So everyone should be out on the lookout for what might be genetic diseases, and we could possibly put them in the 99 Lives Project. Well, I think that's wonderful because not only could you help the cat with the problem, but maybe future cats with the problem. So that is terrific. So tell us one more time how my listeners can find that information on the web. So the 99 Lives Cat Genome Project can be found at our website for the Lions Genetics Lab at the University of Missouri, which is felinegenome.missouri.edu. Well, that is terrific. Thank you so much for joining me today. And you know, now I'm kind of tempted to send a sample for Scamper because as far as I know, he's normal, but uh, it's really fascinating. So thank you to all my listeners. And as always, our amazing producer, Mark Winter, for Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio. Go out and have a perfect day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.